0: This is that'sinthebible.com.
1: That's in the Bible, episode 63. Why does God allow suffering?
0: Troublesome times are
2: here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear. Now is at stake. <clears throat> um, your hearts to God, say to the chastening rod. The way pilgrims trod Christians away Jesus
1: Hello, and welcome back to Jesus That's in the Bible, episode 63, Why Does God Allow Suffering? Yes, that's right, we're back. If anyone is listening, we are back. And <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, you And... What has it Man. been? Four years, I think? I, I didn't look at the website to see what the last one was, but I think it's been around four been years. Been too long. So here we are back. We've got uh, Matthew back with us. We've got uh, Pastor Strobel. We've got Pastor Steve and myself. We're all we're all back. It took, a, it took four years to do it, but here we are. Lord okay. willing, we'll uh, be able to do some more here in the future as well. But well, why don't we start with uh, Pastor Strobel for an update. Pastor Strobel, how have you been?
3: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> how, do to how, do you, how do you cram four years? Great way to start. How do you cram four years into five seconds? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say I'm still saved and still yeah, saved. Amen. And, and amen. the Lord still let me do that, and that's a blessing. Amen.
1: How about uh, Pastor Steve? Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well.
0: Thank God for that. I appreciate uh, his kindness and his grace. Uh, like Pastor Strobel, a lot of things have happened in four years, so uh, maybe in the next few podcasts we can kind of go through some of them, but uh, it would take too long to, to go through them all now, but it's good to be back.
1: Amen. And, Matthew, what's going on?
2: Hey Amen. Uh, uh, unlike them, I'm going to take about 30 minutes and explain what's been going on in my life. <laughs> I'm not bashful. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, good to be here again, and um, a lot has happened. Won't explain everything, but uh, my wife and I are now living in Point Hope, Alaska, the North Slope of Arctic Alaska as missionaries. Been here for almost a year now, so praise the Lord. It's good. Amen. But, uh, yeah,
1: it's good to have everybody back. I've made a minor move from where I, uh, what, about an hour and a half, I've moved further. Uh, that would be west. And uh, what took so long, four years, was I couldn't figure out where all the cords and wires go to hook everything back up. <laughs> it took about that long to to figure it out. But Yeah, we'll go
3: with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good excuse, as any, isn't it?
2: well technology nowadays is for the younger crowd right dad
1: yeah and i'm definitely the of the older crowd I, who's older steve you or me i'm 62 all right 61 here you're the you're the, the grandfather of the group i'm the ancient of days <laughs> <laughs> so so why, why don't you fill us in pastor strobe what has been going on in
3: the last four years I don't know. I told Jerry. <laughs> uh, um the last 4 years I can't even remember what was going on. Um that's a, a lot of courses transpired. Uh pastoring still in uh, Lockport. I've had children that have uh, gotten older. Um I've had at least uh I can't remember if if I didn't have any married the last time a couple of them gotten married. Yeah. Amen. Uh we we're getting more room in the house. The food bills are getting lower. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen uh, some folks from our church uh, go into the ministry and some preparing to go into the ministry. Uh, family from our church got over to uh, Fiji, uh, Fiji Islands. And uh, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, but uh, there are missionaries over there right now on the island of uh, Tavayuni, the Moore family. And they're working to get a, uh, a, a church going. They're all excited. They had rented a building, uh, done a lot of repairs on it, had their first service, gave a great glowing report. And shortly after that, uh, some of their neighbors, which um, are of uh, different faiths and uh, persuasions, uh, built a fence so that the people couldn't get to the building they couldn't cross through their lands to get to the building so they immediately had to quit using that as a uh, meeting place and start meeting in their home and now they're working on getting some land of their own they put a down payment on one recent place of land piece of land recently uh, to try to build a a church building where they they won't have those problems but um, uh, we've also some folks on deputation to go to canada and, uh, you know, back in Lockport, the fight is on. Uh, it's been most, most, mostly sunny with scattered thunderstorms. How <laughs> <laughs> about you, Steve?
0: Well, uh, some things the same, some things different. Um, started a church uh, in uh, uh, kind of a neighborhood of, of Buffalo, New York, uh, called South Buffalo, and uh, been there uh, four years. and still small work. We're renting from another church. And uh, I've got a few people that are coming. So we're glad that we have the opportunity to minister the Lord. Got a Bible study that that we do every other Thursday. And uh, that seems to be growing pretty well and and having an opportunity. we've We've uh, led some people to the Lord, baptized a couple of this year. Uh, so uh, that's kind of exciting for us. Um, still going to Attica Prison with Pastor Strobel. Uh, still going down to City Mission and preaching down at City Mission. Also going to Charity Mission uh, there in Buffalo as well. And um, just uh, keeping busy, uh, trying to find enough time to get some sleep and uh, breathe. So uh, we've been busy. So well, praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, well, let, me, let me say this. We've got. Since uh, the last time, I have uh, three grandchildren now, so that's kind of a fun thing, and and uh, I like getting down on the floor and playing with them, so I'm, uh, I'm enjoying myself.
1: Amen. That's awesome. All right,
2: Maddie. Yeah, just, uh, just staying busy out here in Point Hope and um, getting settled in. We got a dog and uh, keeping busy with the dog, trying to keep her out of the way of uh, polar bears and different things like that, but uh, it's uh, a... <laughs> It's been very, uh, just the Lord's been good to us. It's a blessing being able to be out here. We were on deputation for a little over two years and stayed mostly in the uh, northeast area of the United States and um, gone went south a little bit, went a little west, but mostly Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and uh, just, just it was neat to be able to see even just those areas of the world, seeing other pockets of believers that are still serving the Lord, so uh, it's good being out here. Our, our village here in north, the North Slope here, Point Hope. It's uh, just uh, a little under a thousand villagers, and uh, the only way out here is accessible by a bush pilot plane. And uh, these people, uh, just you know, they they're hurting. They need the Lord. Uh, they're the religion here is Episcopal, and uh, so okay. if you know anything about them, they're very religious. And so it's just a blessing to be able to be out here. The the pastor that's been out here been out here for 34 years uh nick serino and uh just uh it's an honor to be able to work underneath him so it's just been good
1: amen have you seen the northern lights yet matt
2: we have yeah it's uh it's very hard to see him some nights because a lot of the times the sky is pretty uh, cloudy or it's uh blowing snow pretty good so but we have seen the northern lights just uh, amazing seeing the handwork of god now I've,
1: I saw the Northern Lights when I was in Lockport. I remember driving; I was out in the country somewhere, and I saw cars were pulled off to the side of the road. I'm like, "What are these people doing?" So I pulled off, got out, and sure enough, it was just amazing. Have you guys ever seen them in Lockport
3: or where you're at? I have not.
1: I
0: saw them faintly one year uh, up there near Lockport, so it was, but it wasn't real brilliant. Uh, was just little shimmering and, and things like that. Not probably not the, the magnitude that Matt sees up mm-hmm. there.
1: So that's that's pretty neat. What else? What else should we be covering?
3: I'd like to just kind of give a shout out to um <clears throat> evangelist Tom Bard. Yep. Um, he is scheduled for open heart surgery uh this coming Monday, which is oh, November. Let me see if I can give you the date November 21st. <clears throat> and uh, this kind of emerged, you know, rather suddenly, and and it's too the damages, too um, detailed, f- and too pronounced for stents, so uh, it'll be actual open heart surgery. Looks from t- talking with him the other day, it sounds like a triple bypass. Brother Steve, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned like six blockages. Blockages, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so, if, if 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 when you hear this, it's after the date that I given you. Uh, he could certainly use prayer for his recovery. Mm-hmm. And um, he he's also mm-hmm. been very instrumental in getting pastors all over the United States to pray for each other. Mm-hmm. He puts out a list every year, where uh, and we follow it at our church. Or different pastors uh, pray for one or two pastors each week, and that's uh, been very helpful mm-hmm. to be on the list, of course, but also just a privilege to be able to pray for these pastors, some we know and some we don't. But uh, we know they're in the battle like we are, and they all need prayer. And so if you could rally around and pray for Brother Bard and uh, his wife uh, as well. Amen.
0: Amen. I was just up to see him uh, this evening, and uh, I mean, he's in good spirits and so forth, and um, uh, (laughs) when I first saw him a couple of days ago, he didn't look like he was sick at all, but uh, uh, but. Nonetheless, you know, he still he still realizes personally that that he needs to have this done and and so he's uh, pretty much has his mind set on that and hopefully it'll get taken care of and uh, get the problem solved. Amen.
1: All right, Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, we're going to we're going to go ahead and and what's the title of your lesson again?
2: It is uh why does God allow suffering? hey, man, it's good to be back. Good to be uh, back doing the study here. And uh, again, if you hear any delay or if I pause, it's probably because of my bad Internet connection out here in the north slope of Arctic, Alaska. But pray you'd uh, bear with us as we do this very important study. Why does God allow suffering? And if you talk to anybody or if you've been alive for any length of time, you know that this is a very important thing that takes place in every single person's life. Uh, if you've been saved for any length of time, you know, you've gotten this question from many different people that you try and witness to, you know, a door knock or you're on the street corner and witnessing the people and, or just been in the ministry for any length of time. You know, that, uh, every single person deals with this question. Why does God allow suffering? And you know, some of the, some people that might be listening right now to this study, they might be going through it. They might be going through a hard time. They might be wondering why themselves are going through uh, either emotional pain or a mental pain, physical pain. Maybe you know of somebody right now that's going through it, a family member, uh, maybe a daughter, maybe a son, maybe a parent, maybe a grandparent, uh, grandchild, whatever it is, going through suffering. And you just uh, you cry out to God and you say, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen and um, and again, that's a that's a good question that uh, I'm sure all of us ask at least once in our life. Why are you allowing this suffering to happen in our lives? Now, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Again, uh, this podcast is called That's in dot com. Um, and our most important rule book to go by is according to the word of God, the King James Bible. And here in Genesis chapter 1. If we really want to truly understand the answer to this question, I believe we have to start in the beginning. So Genesis chapter 1, again, why does God allow suffering? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. You're going to start seeing here in Genesis chapter 1 that God says over and over that his creation was good. Look at verse 12. In verse 12, the Bible says, And the earth brought forth grass, an herb-yielding seed after his kind, and the tree-yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Now look with me also in verse 18. Look at the very end of it. It says, God saw that it was good. And he's going down the rest of the creation. Look at verse 21 at the end of it there. And God saw that it was good. Talking about the fall of the air. And look at verse 25. The Bible says, And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything, and creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, look very importantly on verse 31 here. The Bible said, And God saw everything that he had made. Everything he made in those six days of the creation there. And it says, And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Uh, when God says that it was very good, it was very good. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, I don't understand why there's so much suffering, why God brought that into the world, why God created the suffering, why God created all of this pain and death. And the answer is, is that God never created this world that we live in today to be like it is right now with pain and suffering. When God created it, there was no pain. There was no suffering. There was no sin. There was no death. It was very Good. Now look at me to Genesis chapter 2. You know, a lot of you probably know where I'm going with this, but Genesis chapter 2. And we know that God created Adam and Eve, the first man, the first woman. And God told them specifically, he said, listen, I'm keeping you in this paradise here, the Garden of Eden. And you can have of every tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in verse 17, he says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. God set them in this perfect paradise, and they had no pain, no suffering, no death. And God said, "Listen, everything will be perfect as long as you don't eat of this tree." And we know what happens. We're not going to go into all of it, but of course they eat of it, and they disobey God. Uh, Eve eats of it first, and she gives her a husband, Adam. After her, that was right next to him, or right next to her, eats of it. And uh, look at verse 16. So Genesis chapter 3, and look at verse 16. Let's see what happens here because of their disobedience to God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 says, Unto the woman, he says, so this is God talking to them, and because of their disobedience, what happens? I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. You see here that God, in the beginning, he said all his creation was good, it was very good, and then why did it come about? Why did the sorrow come? It was because of their sin. And um, look it down at verse 17, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So not only to Eve, but also to Adam, there is sorrow now that God has to bring about, and also it says here that the ground is cursed. We know that thorns and thistles came up, and Uh, The ground is cursed. A lot of people talk about, you know, uh, cancer and different things like that. This is all comes about because of man's disobedience. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. The first thing we have to understand of why God, you know, we ask the question, why does God allow suffering? The thing that we really have to understand, the very most important thing we have to understand is God is not the reason why we have pain and suffering today. Uh, The whole reason why is because of sin, and it's our sin. Romans chapter 5, now look at verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says this. Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Look at verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no sin. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So we see here that it was Adam and Eve and their transgression that brought the sin, death, pain into the world. And that is why, and that is the origin of pain and suffering and death. And the amazing thing is, is that God even created the devil perfect. Uh, You talk about the devil. People say, well, why in the world did God create the devil? Uh, If you look in, uh, of course, Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28, uh, he was perfect. In Ezekiel chapter, you don't have to go there, but in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 15, uh, the Bible says this uh, about the devil. He says, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. And he goes on and says, Thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. You see here that uh, it is not God's fault why Satan is the way he is, why he is, uh, of course, the deceiver, why he uh, goes about to kill, destroy, and steal, and uh, the whole reason why is because he had a choice. God gave every single person, the devil, all the angels that fell, he gives every single person a free will, And he gives us a free will. He gave Adam and Eve a free will to be able to obey God um, or to disobey God, and that's what brought sin into the world. And so we look at these situations here. The first thing, again, that we have to understand is the reason why we have sin, pain, and death is because of our sin, because of our disobedience to God. Now, again, that answers the question of why we have pain and suffering and death in the world. But then we still are left with this question. And this question is, again, a very important question. Why do some seem to suffer more than others? You ever think about that? You you look at people all the time in the world and you say, okay, God, I see according to your word that the reason why we have all this death and pain, cancer, everything, sorrow, suffering is because of our sin. But if that's the case, then why don't we have it just equally amongst each other? Why do some suffer more than others? Why do others go through things that uh, others don't? What is the reason for that? Well, turn with me to Luke chapter 18 here. Luke chapter 18. And Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And uh, look at me in verse 35. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to start... Here in verse 35, the Bible says this, And it came to pass that he was come nigh unto Jericho, of course this is Jesus Christ, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. So this man is blind. You know, he could have just sat there and just said, Lord, why am I blind? This is just ridiculous. You know, I can't believe that I'm suffering, but others aren't. And he goes on, it says, And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth uh, passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which um, went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come next uh, near, he asked him, Saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight; thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. You see here that um, why God allowed this blind man to suffer that uh, terrible thing of not being able to see. It was so that he could see his need that he needed to get saved. You know, God's going to bring some afflictions by, whether maybe blindness, maybe some kind of uh, terrible disease, maybe some kind of pain, whether in you or somebody else. And many times he does that so that you'll cry out to God. I don't believe that this man would have cried out to God if he was not blind and had this affliction. I like this, what somebody once said, and this uh, saying rings very true still today, Some people won't look up to God until he puts them flat on their back. Some people won't look up to God until he puts them flat on their back. You know, so many times we look down on this earth, we look at the riches that we have, and especially in the United States here, we're we're rich. We've increased with goods. Uh, We really have want of nothing for the most part. The things that we do want, we don't need, and we shouldn't have many times. And uh, sometimes God's just got to put you flat on your back, maybe in a bed where you can't move, you can't think of anything else but God. And, uh, you know, the main thing is when I pray for uh, my friends, family, uh, neighbors, people here, especially in Point Hope, uh, you know what I pray for in regards to them? I say, Lord, you do what you need to do to see them get saved. It's for them to open up their eyes, for them to have their eyes open, do what you need to do, whether it's a... Uh, They go to the doctor and they get a terminal uh, report. Um, Maybe they tell him, listen, you've got cancer. Uh, I say, Lord, whatever you have to do to open up these people's eyes so that they see their need for you. We're not going to go there. But, of course, in 2 Kings chapter 5, you've got the story of Naaman. And, of course, he was very powerful. He was captain of the host of the kings of Syria. And uh, Naaman uh, didn't have need of anything. He could care less about the God of heaven and uh, the one thing, though, that brought him to the Lord was that he had this terrible de- disease of leprosy. And he went to the man of God, Elisha, and through him, he was able to get clean. And uh, the amazing thing is, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14 through 15, we're told that he then knew the God of Israel. You know, he never would have even cared less about God until he had that affliction. And so, again, many times God will bring an affliction your way uh, to get you flat on your back, to look up to him and to accept him as your savior. Uh, you can have your sins forgiven and have a home in heaven through Jesus Christ. Now, look with me also in John chapter 11. Again, why does God allow suffering? Uh, again, we've, we saw that uh, it's our fault that uh, pain suffering has come in this world because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. Uh, but also, we ask that question, okay, Lord, but why do some people suffer with different things than others? And we saw there that many times God will bring suffering your way or other people's way to be able to bring you or them to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Now, look at John chapter 11, and this is a very well-known story here about um about Lazarus and John chapter 11, verse one. Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. So of course you see here that Jesus Christ loved them. And Jesus Christ loved Lazarus. In verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Uh, You would think, well, what in the world, Lord? What are you doing? Uh, Lazarus, uh, you know, you would think Martha and Mary are saying, "Oh, what's taking so long, Lord? Why are you not showing up? Here is our brother, you love him, and he is sick unto death. He's dying some kind of uh, sickness that that's uh de- you know, debilitating to him. He can't do anything. He's about to die, and Jesus loves him and he doesn't show up." And then look with me in verse 45, Lazarus dies, and then in verse 45, Uh, We go on there before verse 45, and you find out that Jesus gets there. It's been four days. Mary and Martha can't understand why in the world Jesus Christ didn't show up. He's dead, and uh, they're mad for the most part at Jesus Christ. And they said, boy, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, why weren't you here? Uh, Why did you allow him to suffer? Why do you allow us, Jesus, to suffer like we have, even though you love us? Look at verse 45. When Jesus Christ rose him from the dead, look at verse forty-five. Then many of the Jews, which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. The things that Jesus Christ did was Jesus Christ said, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> I mean, they even said, Lord, he stinking. Don't open up that tomb. He's going to stink. And uh, Jesus Christ said, No, just just open up that open up that tomb. Bring a, bring apart that uh, stone from the entrance of the tomb, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And because of that, people saw the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see here that Lazarus was sick. Lazarus suffered. Mary and Martha suffered because they had to watch their brother die in pain and suffering. And you know what it was for? It was for others to see their need for Jesus Christ. Not only will you personally suffer uh, so that uh, you can see your need for Jesus Christ, But you might suffer also some kind of pain or sickness or something like that so that others could see their need for Jesus Christ. You know, here in Point Hope, we haven't been here, like I said, for very long. We've been here for uh, just about a year now. And Brother Nick Serino, the missionary, has been out here for 34 years now. He said this year has been one of the most uh, tragic years here in Point Hope. We've had so many tragedies here in the village, so many people, uh, and so many funerals that we've had to go to. And you see people in pain, you see people suffering, you try and uh, comfort them the best you can. And they always say, why? Why is this taking place? Why is there suffering? And the Episcopal Church here has absolutely no answers for them. They have no reason behind it. Uh, We we have uh, some kids in our King's Kids ministry. And uh, a couple of the kids have lost their father uh, because he drowned in the water here in the cold waters of the Arctic. Uh, we've had uh, people die of cancer. We've had people die of overdoses. We've had people, uh, just all different types of different things take place. And nobody has any answers. But let me tell you right now, the, the Word of God has these answers. People say, why does the Lord allow this to take place? Well, here are some reasons why the Lord allows these things that take place. Turn with me to, uh, let's see here. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. You say again, why, why else would God allow suffering? Maybe not for those reasons. Why else would he allow it? Hebrews chapter 12. And in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to see another reason why you or somebody else might be suffering. Now this is for those that, uh, are saved. This is for those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. And in Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse six, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every, every son <clears throat> whom he receiveth. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole entire thing. You can read the rest of it all the way down for the most part to verse 11. And what you're going to see here is that if you are a child of God and you are doing wrong, you are sinning, and you're not trying to get right. You're not trying to repent of your sin, as First John chapter 1, verse 9 says. And you're not uh, convicted over it. You're not trying to get it right with the Lord. Yes, you're still on your way to heaven. But, of course, God's not going to be pleased. You're breaking your fellowship with the Lord. And God's going to spank you. God's going to chasten you. Just as a good parent down here on the earth, you should spank your children. Uh, of course, you're not going to do it out of hatred. You're not going to do it because uh, uh, you're mad at the child. You're going to do it because you love the child. Because, uh, listen, if, if your son or daughter uh, is going to go up to a hot furnace, a hot stove, and about to put their hands on it, you're going to take that child away as soon as you could and uh, spank that child and say, no, it that hurts, that's pain, pain. And you say, boy, but the child's going to cry, it's going to cause it pain, uh, but it's not going to be as painful as it is when they put their hand on that hot, scalding uh, surface that they put them on. And Jesus Christ will do the same thing. Jesus Christ will say, listen, the, the path you're going down is the wrong path. Yes, you're my child. Yes, you're coming to heaven. But uh, if you continue in your sin, it's going to hurt more and more and more until finally uh, you're going to die. And so God's going to chase you, whatever it has to be. Some people uh, get sick. Some people lose family members because of it. Who knows what uh, the Lord could be doing to you? But um Whenever you get sick, whenever something's going on in your life, it's never a a bad idea at all to say, Lord, would you search my heart? Would you see if there's any wicked way in me? And, uh, Lord, if there's anything I have to do to get right, Lord, I pray that you just uh, cleanse me underneath the blood, uh, get that fellowship back with you. And, um, you know, many times we just like to say, Lord, I don't understand why you're doing this to me, and we get mad at God. Maybe, again, God's trying to show somebody that they need to accept uh, him is their savior because of what you're going through, the pain you're going through. Maybe it's that you're doing wrong. Um, in Psalm chapter 119, turn with me real quick there. <clears throat>
3: Psalm
2: chapter 119. And in Psalm chapter 119, look at Verse 67. Psalm 119 and verse 67, the Bible says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. You know, that's uh, King David. And uh, of course, we know that he loved uh, God's word. He loved God's precepts, his law, but uh, he is flesh just like you and I. And many times we'll go astray, we'll, we'll veer away from the Lord. Many times we don't even know about it that our heart's going away. Our heart is wicked, deceitful, and when we get chastened, many times then we'll go back to the Lord and love the Word of God. Now look with me also here in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, in Second Corinthians chapter twelve here, <clears throat> in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. And here is, of course, Paul. Now, we've got some um, people, and some of them are saved. I know, that, I know some that are saved that believe that if you are sick, if you are in pain, if you are suffering, then you definitely are not doing right with God. There's something that you have to get right with God. You are sinning. That's why uh, there's some people that believe that if you are sick at all, then you're not uh, a good Christian, uh, that the Lord's chasing you no matter what. Uh, I'm here to tell you right now that that's not true. Um, Now, of course, sometimes that could be true. We just saw that, but not all the time. Paul here, we see that he was sick. uh, He had uh, an affliction of the flesh here, a thorn in the flesh, and it wasn't because of his sin. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 7. He he says, "...and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh." May rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And you know that takes a Christian that has grown in the Lord, a Christian that has gone through some things, to be able to understand this. That sometimes the Lord's just going to buffet you. Sometimes the Lord's going to have you go through persecutions, uh, just so that you can rely on Him so that you can see that your power uh, to be able to get any victories has nothing to do with it. It's all through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through his power that you're strong. It's not through you at all. And uh, look with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll see a little bit more about this, that it's not about us. It's all about the Lord. Too many times we say, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And it's all about me, me, me. And I'm not putting down, if you're going through something or somebody else is going through something that you know, listen, I know um, we all go through things like that and I'm not trying to put it down, but I'm just trying to give you what the Lord says about it and the Lord cares. First Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of... Uh, Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice. All right? So, of course, the context is those that are saved, that are on their way to heaven, they have a reserved ticket through the blood of Jesus Christ, and now look what he says. Um... Let's see here, wherein, verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Uh, God says, even though you're a child of God, even though you're saved on your way to heaven, uh, you're going to go through some temptations. You're going to go through some manifold temptations, some heaviness you're going to go through. Look at verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise in honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, you can know as much of the Bible uh, as anybody else. You could know as much of the Bible as Paul did. You can know as much of the Bible as any great um, Bible preacher. But the test truly comes whether or not you believe it, whether or not you really truly got it in your heart or not, is when that trial of affliction comes, when that fire comes and he tests you with that fire, he tests your, he tests your faith. And uh, <clears throat> if you go to the word of God and you truly believe it, and you truly rely and rest upon it, then you're going to be able to get through that trial of affliction, and that is going to bring forth gold to the judgment. You're going to be able to lay up these gold, these precious stones for the Lord Jesus Christ and be able to uh, be able to uh, throw it at his feet. Look at me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, again, this is Paul here.
0: <clears throat>
2: in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and look what uh, he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, uh, what Paul went through was not light uh, in my book, <laughs> all right? He was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was uh, beaten, uh, he was left for dead, he was whipped. Uh, all these different things were done to him and he said, "Yeah, just our light affliction." <laughs> I mean, Paul, what are you talking about? But what he's saying here, he says it's like compared to what's going to be. Look at look at verse 17 again. "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory." Why are we looking not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen? For the things which are seen are tempor- uh, temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul said, boy, you go through the trial of affliction right now. You go through some sufferings God allows you to go through. But if you get through it and uh, you get through the fire and you praise God through it, you're going to be able to lay up some great riches for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I remember when I first got saved, this was uh, a little over 11 years ago, I was listening to a sermon uh, by uh, Pastor Strobel. And uh, I don't know if he remembers this sermon or not, but uh, it was on, uh, will, you, will you glorify God through the fire? And, uh, you know, it's easy to glorify God through the good times. It's easy to glorify God when you have your paycheck coming in steadily. It's easy to glorify God when your health is well and your family's health is well. And all these different things are going on that are great. But uh, will you glorify God through the fire? And that's what the Lord wants to see. Lord wants to see. Listen, if you truly love me, if you truly trust me, you'll glorify me through anything. Just like Paul said. And you say, I don't understand why I have to go through it. As a Christian. why do I have to go through these struggles? Uh, I looked up uh, this this quote from a science article, and uh, it's a science article about eagles. And it says right here, when a mother eagle builds her nest, she starts with thorns, broken branches, sharp rocks, and other items that seem dangerous and harmful to its offspring. But then she lines the nest with thick padding of wool, feathers, and fur from animals she has killed, making it soft and comfortable for the eggs. We have witnessed that by the time the growing birds reach flying age, the comfort of the nest and the luxury of free meals make them quite reluctant to leave. And that's when the mother begins stirring up the nest. With her strong talent, she begins pulling up the thick carpet of fur and feathers, bringing the sharp rocks and branches to the surface. As more of the bedding gets plucked up, the nest becomes more uncomfortable for the young eagles. Eventually, this and other urgings prompt the growing eagles to leave their once comfortable abode and move on to mature. You know, that sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? You know, when we first get saved and we start growing in the Lord and uh, the Lord starts taking away the comforts. And you say, Lord, I'm saved. I'm doing what you want me to do. Why is it getting harder, it seems like? Why are these afflictions coming? Why are uh, different things happening in my family? Why is persecution coming? A lot of times, the Lord's just trying to get you a little bit more uncomfortable that you'll grow in him even more. You know, a famous evangelist once uh, told this account of a friend of his. He said this, I have a friend who, in a time of a business recession, lost his job. He lost a great fortune, and he lost his beautiful home. To add to his sorrow, his precious wife also died, yet he tenaciously held his faith in Jesus Christ, which was the only thing he had left. One day, when he was out walking in search of employment, he stopped to watch some men who were doing stonework on a large church. One of them was chiseling a triangular piece of rock. Where are you going to put that, he asked. The workman said, do you see that little opening up there near the spire? Well, I'm shaping this stone down here so that it will fit in up there. Tears filled my friend's eyes as he walked away. For the Lord had spoken to him through that laborer whose words gave new meaning to his troubled situation. It was cemented in his heart that God was in control and was molding him to be more like Christ. Listen, God's going to chisel away at you. He's going to get you molded so that you could be able to uh, fit up there. He's going to do it while you're down here so that when you get up there, boy, you're going to be hopefully more like Jesus Christ until you finally get there. And then he changes your body to be, of course, like him. But right now, he's trying to mold you through the fire. And, uh, you know, you can learn so much through the fire. Look with me at a 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I know I know some people very close to me, especially that uh, go through pain every single day, and you probably know of somebody that goes through pain every single day, and uh, you know it's hard to comfort them. It's hard to see them go through it all, and uh, I think this is probably one of the most uh, things that I use most of the time. And uh, if you've ever been through anything, which I know all of you have, this is a great passage for you. Second Corinthians chapter one, and Second Corinthians chapter one, look at verse three. The Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. You know, God is the one you need to go to most of all. We'll try and comfort you. Every pastor will try and comfort you. Every child of God will try and comfort you. Your mother, father will try and comfort you. But the Lord is the comfort of all. Look at verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know, sometimes you're going to go through some things, you're going to go through some persecution, some uh, tribulation, some pain, some suffering, uh, so that you could help others that are going through it. You know, I think about some things that I've gone in my, that's gone in my lifetime that I've been able to use to be able to help others. And they say, boy, you know what? Uh, give me the verses is, is really good, but to be able to see you're able to back it up with actually going through it yourself and resting in those scriptures, resting in and and trusting in God through it all. That that makes a a big difference in my life. And I know if you go through it and you get through it, give God the glory through the fire and you get through it, you'll be able to help others also. Now, um, another thing that you hear people say all the time, and this is just going to be the last one and uh, I'll give it over to the guys here, but uh, you know, you hear all the time, why in the world does God take away children why does God take away babies? Uh, why does God do all these things? Uh, I don't understand why that is. Well, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 57. Now, I'm not saying this is the uh, the time, the the reason every single time he does it, all right? But I'm going to give you, again, another scripture here on what it could be. Isaiah chapter 57. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse one, the Bible says the righteous perisheth and no man layeth the heart and merciful men are taken away. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. You know, sometimes God takes away babies, takes away young children um, that are going to go to heaven because, of course, they're not at the age of accountability yet. And what God's going to do is going to take them out because he knows the future. He knows what's going to happen. Maybe they're going to have a, a a life of terrible pain and suffering. And He says, you know what? Just come home with me. Maybe you have a loved one that is saved and is going through pain and suffering and took them out too early through cancer, whatever it is. You know what? It's it's easy. I know it is easy for us to say, Lord, why would you take them away from us? But you know what? They're in a better place. <laughs> if they're saved, they're in heaven where there is no pain no suffering, no agony. Look at me at uh, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. You know, too many times we uh, look at our family members and we want them to stay with us for the rest of our lives. And I, I mean, I can attest to that. I don't want anything to happen to my mom or dad, my family members. I want them to always be here. But you know what I know about my mom and dad? I know they're both saved. And uh, if they go through pain and suffering, I'm going to ask God why. But, you know, the bottom line is I pray, God, that this study will be a testimony to me and testify against me and that I have to trust in the Lord that uh, they're going to a better place. I know they are. And Revelation chapter 21, look at verse four, talking about heaven. And God shall wipe, wipe away all tears from their eyes. Boy, there's a lot of tears down here. There's a lot of sorrow down here. But up there, there's none. And it says, and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. You talk about a, a good reason to get saved. <laughs> if you're not saved right now, uh, you know, I've, I've witnessed to people before and so many times they say, I don't need to go to heaven right now, right down here, I'm making this my heaven. And I say to them all the time, I say, boy, you're, you, you're crazy. Because <laughs> if this is your heaven, you got a, a terrible God because God has laid up for us For those that love him, we can't even imagine the things that God has laid up for us that love him. And it's going to be an amazing time of rejoicing when we get there with one another without pain, sorrow, death. Boy, I, I pray if you're not saved, if you're not saved, you would get saved. You would accept Jesus Christ as your savior. You know, God didn't create hell for you and I. You know, a lot of people say, well, why did God create evil? Why did he create hell for us? That's just not fair. You know, God in the beginning didn't create it for you and I. He created it for the devil and his angels. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 says that he created it for the devil and his angels. But you know what? Because of our sin, because of our disobedience, and because he, of course, can't let any uh, sin into heaven. And, of course, you'll be able to see that in uh, Revelation 21, verse 27. He can't let any sin into heaven. The Bible says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whosoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only way you can get into heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Lamb that was shed from the foundation of the world. Uh, it's always been that way that Jesus Christ would die for you and I. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross? You know, he was, pra- he was pr- uh, praying and crying out to God the Father, and he said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass for me. But not my will, thy will be done. And that's what we got to pray. we got to say, Lord, uh, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. But if not, thy will be done. And I praise the Lord that because he died on that cross, he was buried, he rose again, he can take away our sin, he can wash our sins in his blood, and, uh, boy, we can know for sure that we're going to heaven. And not only that, he's been through it. He's He can be our great priest. Uh, Hebrew, the book of Hebrews talks about it in Hebrews chapter 12. That uh, he was tempted at all points as we are, yet without sin, and he can comfort us. And uh, I want to be like Job, where he says in Job chapter 13, verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So you might not understand why you're going through it. You might not understand why others are going through it, why they're suffering. But you can go through the scriptures here, know that he's the comfort. And though he might slay you, Pray, God, that we would be able to trust in him until he comes to take us home. Thank you very much.
1: Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Amen. Amen. You know, that's one of the things that I think when uh, we talk to folks, especially Lost, that it's one of the things they talk about. Well, if there's a God, why does he allow all this pain and suffering? and? You know, so I think that's uh, sure. certainly a timely lesson. What else, guys?
0: Well, um, a good lesson, Matt, and, and uh, it's always one that's always timely, and it's always uh, on the minds and hearts of of people. And and uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, and this this I'm, I'm going to say this, and hopefully people will be able to understand wh- where I'm coming from. But um, go to Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter two. Romans chapter 2, there's a verse there that uh, um, it's talking about the judgment and so forth. And what you were talking about early in the the study, uh, where sometimes God's got to put people flat on their back in order to get a hold of their attention, and uh, that uh, seems to be more common than, than people would realize. And um, uh, this is uh, sometimes hard for people to get a hold of, but realize what, what God says here. It says in verse, it's talking about judging and, and different things along that line. In verse 3, it says, And thinketh thou this old man that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and the forbearance of his long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And what I've seen over the years is that God will be good to somebody, and he'll treat them kindly, and he'll try to woo them to him, but there comes a point when when they just won't respond. And sometimes uh, the goodness of God is actually doing something that uh, is painful and, and uh, some would say harmful whether it's a sickness or or whether it's an injury of some sort or whether it's a loss of some kind of thing and you say well how can that be the goodness of god well because there's something worse ahead of them if they don't if they don't uh, if they don't respond to the lord's wooing in other words uh, somebody being paralyzed on their back is still better than going to hell amen uh, somebody losing a, a child that if that if it accomplishes what God intends would draw them to him instead of driving them away. And I know it works both ways, but it's still the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance because there's something worse coming in their future. And so sometimes the Lord does things that uh, to get their attention and it's unpleasant. And it's, and it's hurtful and it's harmful, uh, but he does it because he's good, not because he's mean and nasty. He's, You know, people for some reason have this idea that God is somehow like the uh, gods of mythology, you know, Odin and Zeus and Hercules and all these gods that were mean and nasty towards the human race. Because they, it was it was fun for them, and they they look to God uh, of heaven as being that same kind of God, and He's not that way. Uh, all I've known God to be very kind and gentle in, in my own life, and then when I've just been stubborn and stiff-necked and and self-willed, uh, He gets a little stiffer and a little harder until I finally get the get the point, and He does the same with the lost, and so hopefully you know if if there's someone that's lost that's listening to this might understand that that if something is happening to you uh it's God trying to get your attention and it's his goodness that's doing that not being arbitrarily mean just because he wants to be mean to you so hopefully that maybe uh helps somebody understand that
3: amen amen uh, both uh, Steve and Matt uh those things have been well said and we have been well fed. It's a great mm-hmm. subject to deal with. Uh, you referenced that message um, that I preached about glorifying the Lord in the fires. Um, there's a, a scripture reference and that's where I drew that uh, thought from. It's Isaiah twenty-four fifteen, which says, wherefore, wherefore glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even the name of the Lord God of Israel in the isles of the sea. And so uh, all the way back there tucked in Isaiah, the Lord is, letting us know there are going to be some fires, and, and we need to glorify him in those fires. And um, The trial of our faith is, is like uh, fire, uh, Peter talks about. Many years ago, I saw a little Ziggy comic, and Ziggy was a bald-headed guy who, uh, he had a little faithful dog that would always, or at least very often, be with him in his uh, cartoon. He'd have these one-panel cartoons, and in this particular one, he was out in the middle of the ocean on a life raft, and nothing around him but water, and, uh, you know, Ziggy, as people might do, he, he wanted to understand what was going on. And so he says, you know, frustratingly, what did I do to deserve all this? And then there came a voice from heaven that said, uh, want a list? <laughs> yeah. 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 And the fact of the matter is, going back to the beginning of the message, most of our wounds are self-inflicted. Most Man, of the problems that's... that we have. In life is because uh, we didn't follow the Lord's commandments. God gave us his commandments for our good, the scripture says. Mm-hmm. We violate him. We violate him at our own peril. And so um, yeah. the fact is, having violated his law, we all deserve hell. So anything less than that's a blessing.
0: Yeah, amen. Amen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, you know, people in the world, they they constantly are asking why, and, and they're coming up with no answers. But when they ask it in the context of God and the Bible and they, they put the questions on us as Christians, they ask it um, in a voice that shows that their questions really an indictment against God. Yes. And they find no answers to reconcile a loving God that Steve was talking to you about, and he is a loving God and a good God always. But they find no answers to reconcile a loving God with the trials of life. But what's really amazing is just how many answers there are in the Bible, you know Matt, he's given you many references in a really short amount of time that he had to bring the study, and, and because of that limited time, really he's only had time to scratch the surface. Mm. Uh, following the subject through in the scriptures, it goes from foundational really to, to very deep. And uh, let me just add you know one or two more things, but here's a passage that goes well with the passage Matt gave you from Second Corinthians chapter four, and this is in Romans chapter eight verses 17 and 18. Where the Lord's talking to us and says, and if children, then heirs, this is what we are, heirs of God, those of us that are saved, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Mm -hmm. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes the sufferings that we go through is the Lord trying to put a crown on our head at the judgment seat of Christ. And following that up with 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says in, in verses 11 and 12, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, mm-hmm. we shall also reign with him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes his sufferings are are God trying to give us some eternal rewards and blessings that, you know, we can't even fully fathom yet, but uh, we can believe them by faith and endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Could I could I add just uh, one thing, and not not really to what Pastor Strobel was was saying there, but just maybe another aspect of it. Um, you know, if you think about the he, three Hebrew children that were put into a fiery furnace, um, you know, uh, the king was displeased because they wouldn't bend and bow and so forth, and we know the story. But uh, do you realize that that you know God allowed them to go through that trial? And it was more so to demonstrate God's power over the elements in the face of the world. And if you extend that to uh, your subject, Matt, there might be times that uh, God will allow us to go through a trial or a testing of some sort or pain or suffering uh, so that the world can see how a Christian should take it and bring them to a point where they say, hey, I want what that guy's got. Now yeah. you know you, some may call that lifestyle evangelism. That's just living for God, and oftentimes we find that the trials are painful, and we want remedy from from the trial instead of trying to see what God's trying to do through us. And uh, you know that's not easy. And I'm not I'm not trying to make it glib, but uh, you know it's it's really an opportunity for us to be a testimony to the world to show. Who God is and what He can do, and how He can provide in the midst of of uh, you know some pretty awful circumstances, and He does that to glorify Himself, and I suppose that really kind of coincides with what Pastor Strobel was just saying, because it brings Him glory when we respond in the correct manner. As opposed to griping and complaining and and uh, you know why me and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's it's again I'm not trying to make it easy, sound easy or anything like that. But yet, if we look at it from God's perspective, it's an opportunity for Him to use us to magnify His name. And so uh, maybe that might give us a, a little bit different perspective on some of the things that we go through. Hmm.
1: Well, that's true, but I I know that in the times that uh, when those when those times do come, that's I, I'm probably of the uh, the not as good in taking that. It's like, oh no, no, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to be going through this. You know, it's uh, I think I struggle with that. You know. To, to be able to say, oh, I'm going to shine through this well, for God's glory.
0: It's, I think we all do. It's just a matter sure whether enough. we can, yeah, sure whether we can, you know, if if you're conscious of it, and then try to try to say, okay, Lord, you know, I want I want to do this right, you know, and and uh, I remember a circumstance a number of years ago. One of my uh, one of my kids went through a, a kind of a, a bad accident, and and uh, uh, you know. We were going through something. I'm not going to go through the story, but I remember telling my wife at the time, you know, in the midst of tears and and uh, all the things that were going on, I said, "Babe, I said we got to try to do this the right way. We got to we got to we got to look at this the right way." And uh, you know, we were we were blessed and and honored to get through it by the grace of God, and it wasn't our strength; it was His. Uh, but uh, He helped us get through a very difficult time. And uh, it's been the source, and, and this is another thing, and I, I'm not trying to dominate the time here, but but sometimes I think Matt made reference to it that we might be able to comfort others. And that circumstance that I'm referring to has helped us be able to be a comfort to some other people here in the, in the waning years uh, that have gone through similar circumstances. So uh, it's not for, for you know... Uh, Waste of time that God uh, allows these things to happen. They're uh, they're for a purpose.
3: Yep, and I, I echo the sentiment of not liking to go through it. I, I'm a yeah. I'm a mountaintop man. Let's stay. There. <laughs> is, is learning to handle them right. And when once you do that, you build on it, and so as the future comes, you're, you're able to go back and go through the next one the same way you went through uh, the other ones. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what he gets at um, in another passage, Romans chapter 5, where he says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, yeah, Amen. and patience experience, and experience hope. Mm-hmm. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. so as i I go through different sized trials, you know as I've gone through them in the past, I, I learned how to get through them. And then when the next one comes along, I know, even though I wish it hadn't come along, <laughs> I know that I can get through it again, because now I've got that experience having patiently gone through a previous one that gives me hope. That, that I'll be able to make it through this one. And, um, you know, if I ordered my life, I wouldn't order any more trials. Amen. <laughs> I'd say, okay, that's enough Amen. for one lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, hey, what do I know, right? So when they when they come, no. you just got to figure that uh, Romans eight twenty eight means what it says. And all things Amen. work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen. It's funny, too, that, you know, when we talk
1: about these topics, as Matt was going through it, there's some verses that just pop into your head. And and one of those for me was uh, Job 14.1. Man then is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And, <laughs> and you know, especially the part about few days. When I was younger, what do you mean few days? We got a lot of time, but it now as I'm, you know, in my <laughs> 60s and I also see my parents as they're aging. My mom is 92 and I'm, my dad's 88. Still fortunate to have them. But, you know, I see their bodies are frail now and they're going through a lot of physical um, problems and issues. And, you know, that's, that is what, because we live in a fallen world, that is what, you know, there, a lot of life is, brings us. And <laughs> uh, and I think you guys are right, you know, as Christians, we have an opportunity to grow and to, I think, to, to be an example to, to others, uh, as well as other Christians, you know, and, and how to face those trials and adversities.
3: Amen. And we got somebody that goes in the fire with us. Amen. Amen. Talking about those three Hebrew children, they, they went in there and Nebuchadnezzar saw four men in there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, he said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he told them to come forth. He, he didn't yeah. call the other one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. And the application is the other one's still in there. The Lord's still in the fire. He'll be there when you go through it. Yeah, amen. amen. That's good, good. good application. That's good.
1: And the other thing, when Matt, you were in um, the Book of John, you were talking about Lazarus, and and I remember hearing this where this this verse, a long time ago, and I think it was at uh, at church. I think uh, Tim, um had preached on this and jesus wept i don't know if i fully understood and maybe i still don't but the fact that the god of creation can can empathize with us and and mm-hmm. understand us enough that he is also how can how can god the creator of the universe also be moved enough by what he sees and and feel that compassion to weep you know when he he sees the um uh, the, the folks there, you know, mourning over Lazarus. It's comforting wow. to me to know that I have a Savior that that can feel that way. You know, like us. Amen. Amen. And on,
3: the dog said amen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my dog. Well, you know, my, uh, my pastor from back home, Pastor Legault, he would always start his prayer, and he still starts his prayer with, God, you're always good and you're always right. And, uh, you know, that doesn't always hit home until you're going through something. And, uh, you know, there's been some stuff that, uh, gone through that, um, you know, we've gone to our pastor and he says, well, let's pray first. And he says those, uh, first couple sentences there, God, you're always good and you're always right. And, uh, it has new meaning once you go through it and once you go through something and, um, you know, when you're going through that trial uh, at one point when I was going through the trial, I said, I don't believe that. <laughs> and, you know, you might be going through that as well. And, you know, I had to keep that to myself for a while and, and just to the Lord, me and him. And, and I was battling it out. I'll be honest with you guys. I was battling it out. And, and uh, Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 says this. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Amen. And uh you know what I came out uh, from that trial knowing Justin Wright is he he's <laughs> uh he's the lord, he's on the throne, he's always good. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, we know what that no, means.
3: Doesn't have any <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the crickets.
1: <laughs> I'm a little slow, I'm a little out of practice here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, thanks, guys. All right, who's next?
1: It's been good. I think Steve volunteered.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: okay. I'm
1: pretty sure I heard him. Yeah. (laughs) I saw your hand. You raised your hand, Steve.
0: It's up right now. (laughs) 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 Oh, hey, man. You, Eric, you make me laugh. Even at my expense, you make me laugh. (laughs) That's good.
1: That's good. Well, it's been fun doing it again. Let's uh, let's try to do the next one sooner than the we just did.
3: <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me.
1: Amen. Any parting words?
2: And for those that, uh, well, I, I would say for those that maybe are just getting this podcast again and starting to listen to us again, uh, it's just a blessing that you guys actually listen
1: So on that note, I should have brought in. Oh, it was, it was, it was, uh, Hopefully someone's listening. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was good. and, and
0: yeah. <laughs> Way to go. You break up. Matt, nice, eloquent little speech there. You just interrupted, take away his whole train of thought just
1: for some crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you saying, more Matt? Were you gonna, were you gonna do more?
2: No, no, I was done. I was, I was done. With that.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Steve, we'll be looking forward to your uh, next lesson. Yeah, episode mean, sixty-four. <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. In the skies We're going going, where no one dies Heavenward by